Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Advent Joy and is based on my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers at the First Coming of Jesus Christ. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Why not invite a friend or small group to join you in listening? Then meet every week to go through a chapter. Together, you will grow in joy. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Additional links to my books and free bookmarks are available at wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Hello, welcome to Advent Joy Podcast number three. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to the Advent Joy series. It follows my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers. If you didn't listen to the short podcast from last week entitled The Great Annunciation and Nothing Will Be Impossible with God, you want to listen because it's a backdrop for this podcast. So let's get going. We're continuing our Advent journey in Luke 1. We have to put on our walking shoes again. Luke takes us down the 90-mile road from Nazareth back to the hill country of Judea near Jerusalem. We're about to drop in on the visit that Mary makes to her old cousin Elizabeth. Both women are with child, both are rejoicing over the births to come, and both are thrilled to see each other. And Mary went in haste, or very quickly, because Gabriel told her her old cousin Elizabeth was now pregnant, the one who was once barren. It would be almost a four-day journey for the pregnant Mary to cover the 90 miles. She would walk on foot and likely join a caravan as travelers did at that time. Can't you just imagine Mary's joy and wonder and need to fellowship with her cousin Elizabeth about the wonderful news they both would share? So let's read Luke 1, 39-45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Well, what a joy-filled time. According to Luke 1 verse 41, Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. John the Baptist sensed the presence of Jesus in Mary, and he leaps for joy. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaims the famous words to Mary that will soon follow. Mary, whose spouse is the Holy Spirit, will soon leap for joy. And Jesus is always joy-filled, even in the womb. What an amazing joy-filled visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. And so far, it's just begun. What's even more amazing is God knew Mary and Elizabeth would need to share their joys, their pregnancies, the supernatural fulfillment of the scriptures in their very lives. Remember, Gabriel told Mary, and now your relative or cousin Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for who who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary just couldn't wait to get there to share such joy. Isn't it wonderful to see that God knows our needs in advance for deep sharing and spiritual fellowship? I believe God planned 
Mary to visit Elizabeth for some very important reasons. They shared the joy of fulfilling the Hebrew or Old Testament scriptures about the coming Savior, a virgin birth, and the miracle of the precursor or one coming in the voice of Elijah, John the Baptist, now in Elizabeth's womb. They shared the joy of the babies they were both carrying. They shared deep fellowship that only two pregnant women could share with babies in the womb, and these are the babies that would change the world and the faith in God forever. Fellowship was important to Jesus and his disciples. The dictionary says that fellowship is a friendly association, especially with people who share the same interest. But fellowship in the scriptures is much more than that. The New Testament Greek word translated fellowship is koinonia, and it occurs 20 times in the New Testament. It involves a oneness in the Holy Spirit. It's a deep sharing of Jesus and our relationship with Him that we each can have. It's sharing our faith. It's sharing our Christian love. We are Christ's followers, and so as followers, we share and we fellowship with each other and with Jesus, our Savior. 1 John 7 reminds us of this. If we walk in the light as God himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that beautiful? I am sure that Elizabeth brought out Mary's joy, and Mary brought out Elizabeth's joy. So together, they would fellowship and they strengthened each other in faith. Do you think Elizabeth was expecting Mary? Well, of course, there's no phones at that time. She probably wasn't, not as we can see anyway, in her exuberant greeting from Elizabeth. Mary only knew through the angel that Elizabeth was pregnant. Elizabeth immediately praised Mary for believing there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. You might remember what happened to Zechariah when he did not believe. Gabriel rendered him mute, and Elizabeth was now living with a mute husband for a few more months. How could Elizabeth know that Mary was the mother of my Lord? Verse 41 says, at the moment Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So, of course, it was the Holy Spirit who suddenly gave her awareness of Jesus as the long-awaited Savior in Mary's womb. Let's keep reading in Luke 1, 46 through 56, where Mary responds to Elizabeth with praises to God. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary's beautiful words that I just read from Luke 1 is called the Magnificat, or Song of Mary. The name Magnificat is from St. Jerome's Latin translation of the Bible, where the first word in verse 46 is Magnificat, which is translated, my soul magnifies. The Magnificat is also classified as a canticle, which by definition is a liturgical song from a biblical text. 
The Magnificat is sung every evening at Vespers in the Liturgy of the Hours by the Catholic Church, and it reflects many themes from the Old Testament scriptures. You'll recognize similar words in 1 Samuel 2, 1, when Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. Several psalms share similar themes and phrases. For example, Psalm 34, 2 says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble hear it and are glad. That's close to the words of Luke 1, 47. Psalm 107, 9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. That's close to the words of Luke 1, 52 through 53. It's obvious that Mary loves scripture. She was trained in the Old Testament or Hebrew scriptures by her parents, traditionally known as Anne and Joachim, and by temple teachers. She knew the scriptures by heart. So when her heart was leaping with joy, she naturally used the words of Scripture to praise God. What a good reason to memorize Scripture even for us. In the Magnificat, we read these beautiful words of praises to God. Mary praises God's powerful arm in choosing her, a lowly handmaiden, and raising her up to be called blessed by all generations. She sings of God's mercy toward all who do not deserve His kindness and grace. She exults in God's powerful might that both enthrones and dethrones kings. She praises His justice toward those who are prideful in riches. And she rejoices in God's faithfulness for keeping His promises to Abraham and to the fathers of our faith. She even points out an economic transformation. Mary's upbringing in a devout Jewish home taught her to care for the poor and the afflicted, which shows here when she said Jesus fills the hungry both physically and spiritually, but sins that satiated, filled on worldly pursuits, away spiritually empty. You know, Mary skipped for joy as she proclaimed the goodness of God in the Magnificat. She says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, the New Testament Greek word translated rejoice in our Bibles is pronounced allegalio, and it means to jump for joy, to be exceedingly glad, to show ecstatic joy by leaping and skipping. So we really see the joy of Mary. We can say, definitely, the Magnificat is a joy-filled song of praise. It expresses thanksgiving, humility, and adoration for the great things God has done. Mary was thrilled to be with Elizabeth, who shares her joy, and together they are exceedingly glad. In Luke 1.56, the section concludes with these words, And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. We do not know if Mary stayed for the birth of John the Baptist. By omitting any reference to Mary at the birth of John, Luke seems to indicate that she left quickly near the time of the birth. She knew there would be a huge convergence of neighborhood friends and family at Zachariah's house for the birth of John the Baptist. On the other hand, holy paintings show Mary holding the newly born John the Baptist before she goes home. We know that Mary must have been eager to return home as her abdomen at three months was pushing outward, but she had new strength, and she would return home now to share everything with Joseph and her parents. For three months, we can only imagine the comfort Mary and Elizabeth must have been to each other. They talked of scriptures to be fulfilled because they knew well the promises regarding the Messiah and the one who would precede him. They probably shared stories about Gabriel, as each had been changed by his message, and they would have known of Gabriel's former visitations recorded in Daniel 9. Elizabeth would have heard only about Gabriel through Zechariah, probably writing on a tablet. 
so she would have leaned on every word Mary shared. Elizabeth was old, so Mary probably helped her with the discomforts of pregnancy, the cooking, and even the errands. Yet Elizabeth would have shared so much about life with Mary. They probably made baby clothes and talked of womanly things. What wonderful conversation Mary and Elizabeth must have shared. What fun they must have experienced and what joy they must have felt. After all, Zachariah, the man in the house, was speechless. Gabriel had given him a nine-month silent retreat. As we conclude our journey together today, let's ask, how can we respond to these verses of joy shared between Mary and Elizabeth? This section is often called the visitation. You might consider these four responses. Number one, ask Jesus to open your heart to receive his new joy and every joy this Advent. You know, he wants to share it. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with joy as he did Mary and Elizabeth. You might remember from our podcast, Joy Series, we simply need to ask and take time to receive. Two, rejoice in the Lord. Are you praising the Lord? Are you thanking Him? Since gratitude often precedes genuine joyfulness, make it your goal to thank the Lord every day for all He has done for you and praise Him for His greatness and so much more. Number three, a quiet time. Are you spending a quiet time in prayer with Jesus every day? You know, Jesus is very near to us, and He wants to be even nearer during the season of Advent. Why not try to spend at least five minutes to start in quiet with Jesus every day? You will notice a difference. I always feel more love, more joy, more peace when I sit with the Lord in quiet, in prayer, and in adoration. And number four, share the joy. Are you sharing your joys and encouraging other people? just like Mary and Elizabeth did for each other? Who will you reach out to this week? Someone might need encouragement in your life. I'm sure they do. Ask God who it could be. And when someone comes to mind, move on it. Call them up. Ask them over for coffee. Make time in your busy schedule to encourage and strengthen another. It will help them and it will bless you. Well, that's the end of our podcast for today. I'm so happy you've joined our Advent Joy journey. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Until next week, please know that I'm praying for you. I'm asking our loving Heavenly Father for more joy, Advent joy, and more of His presence in your life. I'm praying for you to have fellowship with others around your faith and the love for Jesus, just as Mary and Elizabeth did. God created us to need Holy Spirit-filled relationships and fellowship with others. I am praying that you join Mary and Luke 1 with joy-filled Magnificat praises. Just pray over every day the Magnificat praises of Luke 1. Please pray with me. Jesus, I receive your joy and hope this Advent. I give my life to you today. You are my Lord and Savior. May I serve you all the days of my life. For my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. 
Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. Bye.